Or presents Inamorata Consequence. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Rouse. This is Gwen Sadek. And we've got to fight you the whale and you can't have any. It means a paramour. It means a woman you're romantically involved with. Okay. So just... I'll just do the work for you. And knowing, just tell you what the obscure dictionary word is that's in the title of the episode. Knowing oh. what it means doesn't make me like it more. No. No. Yeah, you, I can see know, Doc Hammer's stink all over this episode, honestly. <laughs> There's a lot of... Uh, something that like uh, I was thinking about. I know I keep complaining about this naming convention, uh, and I'm, I'm going to continue. Um, one of the things is we keep marveling how this season was in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Bang Theory totally running at 2018 yeah the idea that these were big bang theory knockoff titles should have been obvious yeah to anybody involved and they had to have intended it yeah <sighs> i don't know i don't know uh, welcome back one hey it's great to be back yeah it's great to have you uh, how you been uh, in in as much detail or as little detail as you want to get into on the Venture Brothers podcast, <laughs> it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Elden Ring came out. It was pretty good. Last time yeah. I was on, we recorded that the day Elden Ring dropped. So we, we sat there, kind of all antsy in anticipation to play the game. <laughs> we did. Just the, the absolute professionalism from these fuckers <laughs> is what people listeners are probably thinking. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Um, we're really happy to have you back. Uh, what made you uh, want to hop on this episode? It is purely the negotiations between OSI and the guild. Like, <laughs> that is the gold in this episode. Um, and on revisit, it is uh, much more of a meandering episode than I really remember it being. It, it, can't, it can't support three plot lines very well. No. Yeah. And as, uh, I'll get to it, but as much as I'm happy to see Dermot back... Not like this. Not like it's, this. It's a weird Dermot closure. Like, there, there are things I like about this quite a bit, you know, that happen in this episode. Like, I generally like this episode, but it is real messy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still very positive in the grand scheme, but it, yeah, messy is the key word here. It's it, yeah. it's duck feed positive. We're generally like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is pleasant, but we sound like we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're, we're going to talk some a lot of sugar about the good parts of this. Mm-hmm think absolutely yeah um this episode written by doc hammer originally and you can tell by the shitty title mm-hmm. uh originally aired on september 2nd 2018 uh and this has three plots as we mentioned uh the first one is the uh second summit of tolerance uh where they're going to put the treaty of tolerance to put together uh between the guild and the osi held at the old the ruins of the old venture compound <laughs> yeah in a tent set up in the old uh the old grand hall uh, where the people were waiting for their Order of the Triad arching auditions. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, Dermot came back. Yeah, yeah. Hank reunites with him. Uh, and then he disappears. That's okay. <laughs> like, Dur- Dermot's story has mostly been told, but I'm a little bit sad because I like Dermot. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, uh, this is a good Rusty competence episode. Yes. Uh, rare episode where he does good work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in a nice nod to continuity, Dean go- tries to check in on Ben from the Halloween special uh, instead meets a different model of helper. Yeah. It's another helper, Red Helper, like Red Hulk. 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hopefully better than Red Hulk, right? I'll defend Red Hulk. You guys okay. you guys ready for this? I'll defend Red Hulk. Okay. I think that comic the original Jeff Loeb comic is Jeff Loeb saying, I'm gonna look at every Silver Age idea and make it stupider. <laughs> and I think it's actually pretty fun. Huh. Did you Gwen, you're you you enjoy comics. Did you know that there's a thing called Composite Hulk? That is half green and half red Hulk. They sell an action figure of him. That, that's not Jeff Loeb, I don't think. Where did that come in? I'm, I'm going to jump into traffic. <laughs> no, 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 Cole, hold on. So in uh, Blackest Day, Brightest Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis, I'm Infinite Hulks. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> new helper is clearly just an excuse to get Rise Darby on, and I you can see why he's like he's just a nas- international treasure. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh pre- just a, just just a perfect voice performance. And like, well, at any time Rise Darby shows up, I'm like, yeah, I clap. <laughs> like, and I, I love uh, New Zealand. Yeah, I, I've been watching uh, what we do in the shadows with my girlfriend, and mm-hmm. I think that might be the best country. Uh-huh. Oh yes, um, yeah, and right. it's where you can survive the global warming. Oh yeah, yeah. If you get in advantages. right now, <laughs> uh, we we have as a band, we keep kind of vaguely talking about moving there because of Flying Nun Records, mm-hmm. uh, and it just being like, oh yeah, that's the kind of music we like to make. Yeah, uh, and also it culturally seems really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the accent is one of my all time favorites. Yeah, it's a great you accent. Know? Yeah, Pe- great. people gave a shit when we said that before, but listen to them. Listen to it. Come on, no, he's delightful. Yeah, Rise Darby a... specifically is delightful. Like when I watch Flight of the Concords, it's his <laughs> lines that really get in my head. It's really good. <laughs> and meeting, uh, just beautiful. Before we begin, your biscuits yep. have arrived. <laughs> yeah. How do you not? How do you just not love that? Anyway, yeah, I just, very rarely. Uh, have you seen to... the toothbrush fence? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the toothbrush fence as my favorite running visual gag. It's <laughs> <laughs> like New Zealand's national treasure. <laughs> One very quick tangent before we get off Rise Darby. I very rarely get to bring this movie up in uh, natural conversation. There is a New Zealand film, I believe. The director is New Zealand. It's called Guns Akimbo. Okay. And uh, Rise Darby plays... Um, the magical hobo opposite Daniel Radcliffe. Huh. And it's very good. It's uh, in a visual sense. Don't go in for a, for a plot and a script. It's just like goofy action, but it, it is a visually compelling movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rise Darby is a scene stealer. He's in like two scenes. Nice. Fascinating. I saw some maniac online pitch Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. And I was like, that's <laughs> no, yeah, he can yeah, do right? like he can no. do like short Cyclops. <laughs> something in half a cyclops yeah so, something in the top half of one of those tank reavers but like no, nothing no. yeah that's he is not beefy casting. enough he's so it's, what's the word gamey <laughs> he's gamey he looks like he would taste like a cut of deer he, he's a venison boy is what he is <laughs> yeah that's just like wish casting uh because of his uh you know like oh they're thinking that his rebrand has gone too far you know, doing Maybe. like, yeah, playing weird, uh, doing weird movies with, uh, you know, off-putting characters, you know, ever since he played that corpse that farts. 
the the farting sled. I I like that he's doing that. I think yeah. it's really like I think it's very cool to come out of this horrible you know gigantic franchise really well adjusted and then just make weirdo art movies uh-huh. for the rest of your life. I like absolute king move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just doesn't look angry or strong enough to be a Wolverine. Yeah, uh, I think that is uh, insanity casting. Yeah, I just did, man. Like we got as far away as we could with Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, mm-hmm. We should probably head more in the like the direction of actual Wolverine. What's Danzig yeah. doing nowadays? <laughs> I, I saw somebody pitch Matt Berry, and I kind of liked it. But that's um, yeah. anywho. Uh, we're, this is the show where welcome to days of future cast, uh, where we, we talk about this stuff. We've uh, definitely done that before. <laughs> 100%. Uh, the title of this, uh, the inamorata, uh, consequence, like a paramour, the consequence of a paramour refers to, uh, doc bringing back the OSI agent and the guild stranger who are in love. But originally there's a draft where Dean ran into Triana again. Yes. Yeah. It was supposed mm. to be him passing through and them just kind of realizing that there is nothing there now that they've kind of had a chance to be apart and mature. He also in the commentary calls Hank's relationship with Dermot a romance, which I don't like. Yeah. Uh, that seems wild to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little stretchy on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, definition of romance there. Um, and he also says uh, in the commentary that nobody cares about the Dean plot, including him. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's speaking actuarially. Maybe he has a better sense for how stuff tests. Uh, there's a potential for a good Dean plot if they try it. They just don't. <laughs> I, in in the season, for sure. I like what happens with Dean in this episode a lot. Yeah. This this is high quality Dean to mm-hmm. me. I kind of forgot that he gets this character stuff because the the conference yeah. like takes up so much of my brain space mm-hmm. uh, for this episode. But uh, I, I like Dean in this one. Yeah. Quite a bit. It's it's a, it's a it's very sweet. It's very sweet what happens at the end of this. Yeah, good good moment. Um, the fudgy the whale, uh, the cakey confection makes a cameo appearance mm-hmm. in this episode, and because of that, uh, they got a free ice cream cake. Mm. Uh, the creators of this that was shaped like Brock's head, <laughs> and Adult Swim actually had a contest to for four different fudgy the whale cakes yep. carvel cakes that looked like different venture brother characters yeah uh pretty funny I, uh, I would like to have won a i don't know what i would have done with like a dean cake <laughs> eat it but then that would have been a huge mistake because one of a kind yeah you know yeah no you can't you, you can't have it and eat it too and also with ice cream cake you can only have it for so long <laughs> yeah have have you two seen uh the fudgy the whale cgi mascot no. The honest answer is I just learned that Fudgy the Whale is a product. <sighs> uh, boy, well, he's he's more than a product. He, uh, yes, <laughs> he's a lifestyle. Yeah, he's a lifestyle. Uh, men want him. Women want to be him. <laughs> mm. Women want him. Men want to be him. Uh, non-binaries have no opinion on Fudgy the Whale. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, uh, look at this uh, little CGI fella. Look at this skipper. Look at this carve of beef. Look at, look at that. Of beef. Yeah. Mm. Huh, just waving at us. Seems to be, just seems to be into it. Huh? I love uh, Cookie Puss as well. Go oh, scroll co- down a little bit. Cookie Puss is a real oh, oh, no. Why does Fudgy the Whale have, whale, have legs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cookie Puss was born in 1972. His human. Fudgy the Whale's spirit <laughs> animal is human. <laughs> oh, that's real weird. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. like that. 
Uh, <laughs> Cookie Puss doesn't have that, but has a favorite holiday, which is all of them. And birthplace is Planet Birthday. <laughs> is there a is there a Carvel Cookie there? Uh, cook, Fudgy the Whale video game, so we can do a deep dive on this on Abject Suffering. Yeah, uh, we, I need more info about Fudgy. Favorite celebrity: Jimmy Fallon and Kelly Ripa. <laughs> Fudgy, <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> they, they they sell game day cakes. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I need to do a wiki dive on this bad boy. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, so the, the prevalence. Uh, so I only know about um, about Fudgy the Whale and Cookie Puss uh, because of an offhanded reference in um, uh, it's the basis of jokes in The Office and in Archer. Um, mm. they're like there are offhanded references to that. It's very much a Northeast thing. Um, and I think that because of the media, prev- uh, the media prevalence of, uh, you know, of, of New York, that particular media market in general, I think that it just, uh, it, it Carvel's cultural, Carvel's cultural cachet has kind of slipped out, uh, you know, slipped beyond where people, uh, would, uh, you know, normally find out about them. We didn't have any Carvel here. Mm-mm. No, I've, I've never seen a fudgy the whale. I would yeah. like to. There's no mm-hmm. part of it that doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, I'd eat a fudgy the whale. I, yeah. I would fuck up a fudgy the whale right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> just, like, oh man, would I eat an ice cream cake right now? It's hot. Um, <laughs> One last note about CGI fudgy here. He has a captain's hat implying a ship. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's, he's got legs instead of a tail. Like, and he has arms instead of fins. This is not an aquatic creature. <laughs> No, a landbound whale he would need a he he would need a ship (laughs) yeah well if he's gonna go overseas oh yeah at all like fudgy gets to europe (laughs) fudgy does london an american fudgy in london (laughs) yeah american fudge wolf in london town um the uh the boys seem to like each other again on the commentary that's good which is good. It doesn't feel like they're constantly about to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> which I, is nice. I, I don't like it when dad and dad are fighting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, not tons of little production details. Uh, this episode is mostly uh, like a couple lore. Like there's a lore bomb that happens. Uh, it sets up this conflict with the peril partnership, which is going to kind of run through the season in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly is an excuse uh, really to kind of say bye it feels like to some some people yeah um you know we're we're like hey shore leave we don't really have a good place for you this season but like we know you love shore leave here's mm-hmm. some shore leave yeah yeah it's real epilogue yeah it's got it's got an epilogue feeling to it uh the the main plot that focuses around agent kimberly mcmanus uh and s464 uh is very doc hammer uh being uh a little stinker yeah like just uh you know nobody liked these characters nobody wanted them so i might take that as a challenge yeah yeah um and that stuff kind of works it's it's fine yeah uh let's get into it let's do uh we open with a uh with with a, with a grand theft auto vice city reference a game that would have come out when the boys were 11 years old yeah <laughs> yeah uh the the kids are the kids are playing they're blasting through uh the detour sign like jumping through it uh speeding along the highway and the kids in the back are like grand theft auto vice city flash fm you know the boys is being brothers yeah yeah uh rusty is trying to uh work on his speech uh and is upset by the fancy driving that brock is doing so says hey you know can you warn me when you're gonna go mad max 
Um, and he is trying to throw a bunch of uh, $50, $50 words uh, in there, wondering if he, can, if he can get away with pulling a Gettysburg address, throwing the word score in. Uh, the answer is no. Nope. Um, yeah, don't do that. Uh, there's a, a bunch of dead cl- uh, cows on the road. This is uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind mm-hmm. reference. These are fake dead cows uh, meant to scare people off. Yeah. I would do it if I went to somewhere and there's dead cows all over the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that not a wrong neighborhood? Dude, ca- cows are hard to kill. <laughs> yeah. I Did I ever tell you my, uh, my pitch for uh, a Japanese role-playing game where you age in reverse? So you start off at highest level and you're fighting the Dark Lord. And then as you go through, you lose levels and fight weaker enemies. And the end boss is you're just a guy, but the end boss is a cow. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know the end boss detail, but I have heard your idea for this. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking, like, man, if I had to kill a cow, <laughs> like, that would be the equivalent of killing Zeromus uh, <laughs> as, as, as Cecil. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have one of those no country for old men guns, I wouldn't know where to start. Do, no. do, do you have a record on I how you start killing a cow, Gwen? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, my only thought is that gun that uh, Javier Bardem carries yeah. in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, that that would you had to grind a bunch of pink slimes in my game to get that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's easily like a few acts into like you get that in the third or fourth dungeon. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. But it seems useless because it's it's a gun, but it, it doesn't have any range. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't take HP, but like if you can get in, insta kill. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like uh, the Jigglypuff sleep attack in Smash <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kill him with kindness and poison. There you go. Uh, there. There you go. Poison be really good because they'll eat it. They'll eat anything. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. This I think eyes because if you went for the balls, uh, that's a good way to like get kicked and lose your head. You don't want to stand behind uh, any hoofed creature. I don't think. No. No. So anywho, uh, Brock picks up this inflatable cow and throws it. It bounces away. Uh, it's very funny. And a bunch of OSI units come out in clean suits uh, and Hunter pulls off his mask. Uh, they're basically just putting on a show uh, and the camera reveals they return to the the compound. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Um, this is the summit. Yeah. Uh, we show them all in the in this uh, their tent uh, there. There's a Fudgy the Whale cake that says, have a whale of a good summit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who sent this. <laughs> it's, it's real good. I got it. Just somebody's wife. I assume they're just like, I want this summit to go well. Cause like, you know, this is all based around fake pleasantries and uh, just bullshit presentation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, just one ice cream cake for the entire, like, <laughs> you know, 40 people there. It's very good. Oh, uh, and just, we get a lot of very good little interactions uh, with folks. We have Dean boring a doctor girlfriend with his college stories, just kind of trying to, you know, pour his heart out but she's just kind of yeah yeah anding through it uh she says hey you should join this frat your dad was in there you're a legacy you should get in and instead of taking the advice dean is just upset that uh you know his dad hid this from him you know like oh he doesn't tell me anything yeah they were at the compound he couldn't have just like found an item that led to a lie instead (laughs) like this oh god the plot in this episode is driving me nuts the more i think about it it just doesn't none of it connects yeah yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty silly. There's also like a little like a bunch of little grace conversations that don't do a whole lot. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, something I've become, I, I've talked about this before on the network recently, but like something I've become very sensitive about is characters in fiction telling each other whatever trivia fact the author just learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we cut over to shore leave, like telling Brock and Phantom Limb about James Bond uh, using this like repainted BB gun. It wasn't a Walter PPK like it famously was. This is just like a, an IMDb trivia thing that decided to get filtered through a character in the show. Yeah. I you like know, it's, not, it's not that interesting uh, to me. I don't know. I, I, I like um, Brock's Brock and Limb's reaction to it. They're, you know, it's like, oh, God, you know, the scales fall from their eyes. Like, oh, it's just, how can that be? I like it is their disappointment that this hero of theirs, you know, was using a BB gun, you know, in the in the movie is cute. But that's about it. I mean, they're trying to draw a similarity between uh, Brock and Phantom Limb that they're both, you know, they have this in common. Yeah. uh, Here. I just don't think they do anything with it. Like yeah. there's no, there's no punchline. And it's, again, it just feels like a little bit of a, a stunt, like a flex from doc hammer with this mm. trivia. Yeah. You know, um, I do like watching ward calling out the beginning of the summit with the out of key trumpet <laughs> playing. That running joke is really good. I probably uh, should have practiced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, so cause you, you look at one of those things and you're like, there's no buttons on it. Of course you can just blow it. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Oh, uh, and Rusty, Rusty gets up and addresses the two parties and he's using way too many awkward big words to introduce the event, including, you know, one of the college words that Dean gave him. Uh, but Dean, uh, you know, excuses himself. He's heard the speech too many times. Yeah. He's going to wander away. Uh, Hank gets pulled away by an OSI agent. Uh, this is going to give them their subplots yes. for a little while. Uh, we go over to this uh, the reception tent where all of like the kind of guards go. They're not part of the summit. Uh, here, so the uh, guild stranger uh, with the plastic dome over his head, and uh, Agent Kimberly McManus uh, meet each other yeah. uh, there. Uh, the guild—I didn't realize this guild agent was voiced by James Adomian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew he comes on to do voices later, but I didn't realize he was here this early. Uh, um, he, like he—they uh, they brought him in. I think that they—he was who they got to do um, uh, Phineas Phage after um, after Hater uh, moved hmm. away. Yeah, uh, there have been a couple of Adomian roles before this. Uh, yeah, I, I always happy to see James Adomian. I like James Adomian a lot. Uh, they uh, they're gonna get to it. They uh, they shows them looking into each other's eyes and getting horny. Yeah, we get oh god, visually. uncomfortably so. <laughs> His brain pulsates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, well, his, his brain pulsates and we get probably 10 minutes of uh, Kimberly licking her lips. Extreme <laughs> close up on it. Yeah. Conservatively, conservatively. 10. <laughs> yeah. Quite horny. Uh, the USA agent takes Hank out to the hangar. Uh, this old hangar is full of jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, so the commentary, and I should have noticed this, the commentary is like, oh, this is from the jacket video. I assume this was a joke about everybody being here and like throwing your jacket on a bed. Okay. Uh, yeah, up here, and they all just threw them into the same place. Mm. So it's just how many people were here. Now, nah, yeah, that can that Easter egg doesn't make a ton of logical sense. It, yeah, they're props. They're leftover props. But and like the compound burned down. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. weird that the jackets didn't burn down. Like it's kind of cute. Well, but, the 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 big pile of jackets was supposed to be the thing that made the fire worse or started it. Um, remember that? Like that? <laughs> like that was a thing that was cut out. I like that much better. Didn't didn't happen. So yeah, they they uh, they go into this little hangar here, and we find out that OSI agent is Dermot. Yes, 
um, with a horrible jarhead haircut. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Dermot has to have the, uh, has to have the mullet. He's got to have the scraggly hair, uh, but he's still, I, guess, has, I don't, I don't see Dermot as a military man. It makes, you know? a, it makes a little bit of sense. A lot of my Dermots, uh, went on to, uh, to go to the military. Hmm. I, I guess I can see that. He's just so, uh, all talk. Yes. You know, I can, I see it like, I can see a Dermot like washing out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like what, what, uh, what military organization is going to put up with a Dermot? <laughs> like the U S army would. You know, yeah, you know, but will he learn? He's a, he's a legacy case uh, in this. Like he he is not in on his own merits. Uh, yeah, but, uh, so he's still early on in his career. He could wash out, but yeah, that's true. Uh, he just disappears, right? We don't get any more Dermot for the no, season. This I is don't it. Think. This yeah. is Dermot. He'll probably get a good buy in the movie. Yeah, uh, it was confirmed that Shore Leave gets a good buy in the movie, which Ooh, I'm happy about. Nice. I love Sam Shore Hat. Leave. Mm, sure leave um yeah so uh but they're uh they're 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 pulled over uh to that to there he reveals himself as dermot uh following dean's plot he goes out to ben's cabin it's a bit of a disappointment that uh that they didn't get jk simmons back to do uh to do ben uh Mm -hmm. but again we 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 do have you know reese darby here uh and a red helper who can talk answers the door uh says oh i've heard a lot about you but does not refer to dean by name Yes, which will be important for for later for the the lore bomb that come comes about here uh, that isn't done a lot with, mm-hmm. but is a cool bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you go back to the summit. Uh, Rusty can't keep control. Everyone's already fighting. You know, uh, they're arguing about the finer points of uh, you know details of this stuff. I like the bit in the commentary where they're talking about how uh, as kids they wanted to make stores and do <laughs> treaties and stuff like that. Like I was that kid as well. Mm-hmm. I used to make little towns. Of course, uh, action figures and, and they'd set up different shops. So, I mean, stuff. man, just uh, like the little kids, they want they want control. You know, they want to play as bosses and they want to engage in commerce. Yes. Yeah, very much so. All I wanted to do was like have Optimus, Optimus Prime sell Orco like <laughs> insurance. <laughs> like, oh, uh, man. Uh, but they're arguing about how many uh, OSI agents should be dispatched to deal with a uh, to deal with a lo- uh, level five. So like, hey, you know, just uh, like what is the what's what, what's the mismatch here? We get lots of fun little one liners of Hunter uh, basically saying the same joke over and over again. Uh, you are blank. You're doing something disgusting and telling me it is blank something, you know, mundane. Right. Oh, you're pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, it just does all the variations about that. It is, it is only a rhetorical tactic. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. just to yell that uh, <laughs> there. Uh, another way you can tell this is a doc episode is because it's really sympathetic to the guild. Yes. Um, they're portrayed as, as more or less correct right, in this, right. which I think uh, kind of shows Doc's sympathies mm-hmm. for this. Like, I'm not digging aside one way or another. The guild's really fun. Doc has always been very interested in the guild. Yeah. Uh, and so, here. And their, uh, and, and, and their bureaucracies. Uh, one of them, I forget who, says like, "Oh, a level five is like you know a guy named Mister Cold." It's Doctor Miss, it's uh, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch does. Y- yeah, it's a it's yeah. a guy named Mister Cold with a snow cone, a snow cone maker on high. You know, like it's a <laughs> which is which is funny because hey, that's your husband. <laughs> yeah, we 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 know that's not true. Yeah, uh, your husband who killed all these people. Yeah, is is a level five. Yeah, you know. 
there. I also I love that the OSI is here under the uh, the OSI. Uh, what is it called? The Aggression Envoy. Yep. <laughs> uh, there with a the little logo of like the superhero and the little villain next to a little globe <laughs> thing. It's such a good uh, logo. There's there's real good logo work this season. Doc Hammer does yeah. a good job with that. Uh, we get a goodbye to Snoopy, of course. Snoopy's there to read the minutes, uh, mm-hmm. talking about a you know precedent, this level five arching between Dr. Deep and Furious Red. They end up leveling two city blocks, but uh, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch con- counters that the Dr. Uh, Doctor Deep was using unlicensed weaponry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're just going back and forth. Yeah. No, no progress is being made. <laughs> weird, uh, uh, weird, all the fallout connections that keep happening in Venture Brothers. You know? Oh, so yeah. like Red Helper talks about uh, you know how there are multiple helper robots and talks about uh, there there's just Mister Handy's. Yep, you, down to the commercials and down to the iconography, it's Mister Handy from Fallout. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I man, I, I love the idea that that, that there was this revolution of uh, of like domestic robots in the history of this. You know, enough years ago that it makes sense that they're not around, and it like led to this. You know, basically, uh, you know, uh, hor- you know, what to them would be a horrible atrocity, which is the Great Recalling, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we go back to this uh, this fifties like nifty fifties uh, commercial, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, about these robot servants, uh, which would be great. You know, we want, we want robot servants. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm doing my best. I've got a robot vacuum. I've got a robot litter box. Sure. No. Yeah. Uh, what is, what is, what's the, the worst chore that hasn't been taken over by a robot? The worst. Yeah. What, what, what would you have a robot for? What would I, I mean, laundry, cause I, I fucking hate it, but it's not the worst chore. Yeah. Cause I think like, cleaning the toilet toilet cleaning robot surely there are robots you can do that those scrubbing bubbles are portrayed as robots on the label but they're not uh, what <laughs> well, they're little guys on the on the thing i guess they're not robots they're, they're they're sentient they have blood no i mean they're not robots <laughs> oh, i don't know what they're supposed to be they're little smiling fellas they're they're little but they, uh, they're little brushes they're little, yeah, they're little, little brushes yeah. with, uh, with 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 eyes see the, the the toilet like i'm fine scrubbing the toilet like you can just stay on top of that with a toilet brush next to it uh and mm-hmm. it doesn't get too doesn't get too gross um what i want um, uh, a something to fold the laundry. I don't necessarily care about, uh, you know, putting the stuff in and, uh, um, transferring it over to the dryer. What Agreed. I want, uh, yeah, what, I, what I want is a, um, um, a tub scrubbing, like a tub and shower scrubbing, mm. uh, robot. Like, uh, like if I can get a, if I can get a tub Roomba, I would like that quite a bit. Have you, uh, have either of you considered not folding your clothes? Uh, yes, I in fact do that most weeks. Yeah, me too. Sometimes, it works out pretty well because I, I just work from home. Yeah, sometimes my like for for a week my uh, uh my hamper will be my dresser. I don't feel great about it, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, if you're not going to a job where you have to have like a press shirt, yeah, uh, I, I generally find folding clothes to be a waste of time. Uh, I also don't like it though, so that's why I don't do it. Did either of you grow up so. in a in a domestic situation where everything was ironed? No, no. We did we did family laundry day on Sundays, so we'd watch mm. The Simpsons and all oh. gather around The Simpsons to fold laundry. Oh, that sounds pleasant. Um, yeah, that sounds very sweet. My grandma is, you know, when, when she when she was a little bit more physically capable, uh, crazy about ironing. She would iron jeans, iron um, uh, sheets and um, pillowcases. Every single thing 
you know, because she lived with us a lot. You know, grandparents lived with us for a lot of the time. Every single thing was ironed. Um, and it was weird for me to go in a world where not everything had that had that crease. You know, mm. I, I have an iron shit. Last thing I last thing I ironed was like maybe a shirt before a wedding or no, before a funeral uh, and maybe a perler <laughs> perler bird thing I made 10 years ago. I think that's the the good use for it. I yeah. do, I do not like how iron things look. They're really dangerous. Yeah, you know, like you like burn your clothes, but you can also very easily start fires. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do not care for an iron. Not yeah. one bit. It's great though. Let's say I get to be a, an absolute piece of shit slob. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm very lucky that way. I just get to look like garbage. You know, <laughs> like I the a plumber came and fixed my bathtub for six hours yesterday and i hadn't taken a shower in long enough that i felt like i should go to jail <laughs> like i smelled so bad oh, no. and it was just because like i'm just like hanging around my house and i can't get the shower to work and i don't feel like fucking with it and <sighs> yeah it was bad i should yeah. have been summarily sniped <laughs> for my stink uh, it was incredible <laughs> nothing happened it was huh. awesome you can get away without consequences as an adult sometimes it's pretty cool yeah uh, but yes, I would like a, I would like a, a helper, even if they would just scrub the tub or as a friend, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, these ones had been stepped down. These ones are basically speaking spells. Yes. Uh, they say, you know, yeah. um, the mankind turned on the helpers because a baby ripped out one of its eyes and almost choked on the eye. And this basically got like telephoned to helpers strangle babies. Yeah. Uh, it never shows that that happening. The helper in the thing just kind of like gasps when its eye is pulled out, mm-hmm. but it, it feels like it was just a moral panic. Yeah, yeah, uh, just a you know t- terrible accident uh, that uh, that resulted in uh, all these being recalled, all of them except for uh, this helper, uh, which has been modified, and Helper Prime, obviously different uh, different creatures, the two of them. Red yeah. Helper has such a wonderful way of phrasing things. <laughs> like, just every mm-hmm. line uh, lays out... It's very much like um, Breakfast of Champions, where it's a description of human activity that doesn't sound human at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We took yeah, care that, of menial that's... things so they could pursue loftier aspirations, like trying to be more attractive, enjoying liquors, and having adult birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's very uh, that's a very astute observation, Gwen. Like yes. It's very uh, Breakfast of Champions. Um, Red Helper is a cyborg. Uh, Red Helper has human parts for some reason. He he mentions that Ben uh, helped him, gave him a voice and a purpose until he uh, he went away, and Dean thinks he died. Uh, but then he reveals, no, he went to shred the heavies at Papatawi. <laughs> uh, he's a snowboarder. <laughs> um, uh, and he's originally his human parts were from New Zealand, but he does not belong in there because he's an abomination. Right. Uh, he says there's a little bit of a thing with Dean also coming to terms with his cloneness, which is a little bit uh, well-worn territory with the last time he was over at Ben's house. Yeah. Um, uh, and man, living with Red, Red Helper would be uh, to, to a certain degree. Maybe this would go overboard and get annoying, but he's just so concerned with human comfort. Like, oh, mm-hmm. humans make pills and poopers. Would you like thin mints and some comfortable sweatpants? <laughs> I'll, I'll heat them up to five. You being warm blooded, I'll heat them up to five degrees above your well, your body temperature. It'll feel great. It you will know? be a nice treat. I think yeah, with the yeah, exact exactly. it'll be a nice treat. That's very cute. Uh, we cut over to the summit. I really like how they don't show the connective tissue on right. the summit. We just keep clipping back to it, like escalating. <laughs> Uh, so with phantom limb and sure leave about to fight, uh, they're putting on all this pool equipment 
Um, and like the, the great idea is they used to have these pool battles, but there's no pool here anymore. <laughs> and that's so good. They say they'll have to dress up in the equipment and fight. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Oh, but uh, the inciting incident was uh, Brock insulted his lineage. I think it's uh, Doctor Aziz says to be, or no, it's Dragoon. To be fair, uh, and I'm being as delicate as a flower here. Your grandfather did have singular tastes. That's so good. Uh, yeah, very funny. Uh, Rusty can't, uh, you know, find anything that mentions this, but Dragoon says this is their way. Yeah, yeah. this is just tradition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it cuts away before the uh, before the fight starts. Uh, usual mm-hmm. uh, Venture Brothers kind of move. Very uh, Doc. Yes. Like Doc does not care about fights. Right. Uh, cut back over to the hangar. You know, Dermot and Hank are climbing up these mountains of jackets. Uh, and Hank doesn't understand how uh, Dermot got into the OSI without any military training. You know, like just uh, he's, he's got that uh, strip mall uh, jujitsu uh, kind, of, uh, kind of credit. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, this is where he mentions he was a legacy. You know, he got in basically because dad put in a good word. Uh, Hank still does not know. Uh, mm-hmm. This feels like this would have been a good thing for this episode to accomplish. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe spilling that bean. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they get to the top and as they're there, uh, S464 and McManus walk in together uh, to bone mm-hmm. and the boys hide to spy. Yes. Just giggling because they're seeing adult stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, back with Dean, uh, right, he's showing Red Helper a video of Helper Prime pranking Billy, pushing him into the pool. Uh, I I hate this, actually. I wanted to see what you guys think. He says, like, sometimes you can kind of tell what he's beeping, but mostly it's like talking to a microwave. No, it's not. Nope. People have not... full conversations with Helper. That's not. And then Dermot started understanding Helper because he hung around with Helper too much. Yeah. This is not true. Mm-hmm. Doc. You fucker. Like, yeah. why would you do this? Why would you try to do this reveal? This bothered me, Here. too. I, I, Retro I, yeah. continuity. What do you call that? But you know what I mean. Yeah, that it's, is, it's that not... is directly contradictory to evidence we have. Yes. And it's less cool. Mm-hmm. It's it, in 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 pursuit of nothing. Yeah. Like, it just it's just throwing away this really magical, weird little moment, you know, aspect of the show that was really fun and just yeah. kind of worked. It's... And just toss it in the garbage for no reason. It's one of the um, it's one of the best jokes in the series. Brock talking with Helper and Helper sure. quoting Maya Angelou. Yeah, well, I don't think Maya <laughs> Angelou was talking about this girl. And if I see her again, I'm going to put her down for good. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah, like I love it so much. And then I that moment where and it's a it's a a, a Doc episode where Dermot realizes he can talk to helper yeah, yeah like doc was playing with that and he just decided like the one thing that's coming through in this commentary is he seems so fucking over it it's pretty like the, the amount of contempt he has for his own creations is incredible yeah you know when, when he was talking about nobody cares about the dean stuff i think he's just projecting i think he's just yes. sick he's of the whole so thing. bored of dean yeah yeah we're bored of lots of this stuff. He's bored of everything you know? but the guild, uh, the like, the, the like it, adding more lore and bureaucracy to the guild. It seems like, yeah. And he's the biggest OSI fan I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, uh, it just it just really frustrates me mm-hmm. that he's just like you know because uh, because Red Helper is like oh he seems like a great guy and he's like yeah mm-hmm. no he's just a dumb machine you know no, it's like he's... talking to a microwave like that doesn't sound like you dean yeah. he made you a goddamn dream catcher like last episode <laughs> of stuff you found in the kitchen he's sentient yeah 
I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, this seems like something that would have been caught in script review. I, I, you know, you want to ride the knife's you're you're riding a knife's edge when you talk about this, because you don't want to be like, oh, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder, you know, hitting the same rib, making two different notes. Uh, This is like that. Yeah, the, 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 it, uh, it, it's it's pretty important characterization, especially because like as much as there is development, it is, you know, learning that this funny beeping, you know, kind of like beaker stand in uh, like has an internal life and cares about this family, but is constantly rejected and not getting what he wants. Like I, I, I it, it's frustrating to feel like I care about helper more than the show does. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a big bummer. Yeah, big bummer. Big bummer. Uh, but you know, Red Helper lays out like, oh, Ben modified him with organics. So, you know, so I'm neither a robot nor a man. In a way, I'm like you. Uh, and this leads to a little bit of hemming and hawing and misunderstanding. Um, when Dean's like, well, what do you what, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I thought you would, you know, you know, you would have been told. But Dean reveals like, oh yeah, I know. It's just like I don't I don't understand, you know, what you're getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he eventually goes, Oh no, I know that I'm a clone, you know, uh, but I'm a, I'm a clone of me. You're something totally new. Yeah. You know? Uh, and he says, yeah, we were both made by great men compelled by love and guilt. We're second chances, which is a very sweet line. Even if it does, you know, tread the same territory that Ben told him. Yes. You know, uh, before, Mm -hmm. um, very cute scene uh, where uh, S-464 and McManus are talking about killing everyone at the summit, and then Hank does a little adventure montage yep. uh, to stop them. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> he, he uses a base that shoots fire uh, down at them, um, calls his dragon down uh, to, to fight him uh, there. We get a little callback to his, uh, his love of gymnasts. <laughs> Um, for a 19 year old Dominic Dows, Dominic Dows. It's very good. Uh, just the, his fascination with these with these gymnasts just really uh, uh, brings to mind. There's a running joke in King of the Hill where uh, uh, Bobby uh, is. Uh, oh God, he's infatuated with. Um, oh, I forget which gymnast. One of those 90s gymnasts who just like like that like that is his crush, and it comes up a few times. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember names, so, yeah, but I remember I. what the joke you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a harder stance. I'm going to take a harder stance on this scene. I think they've done this scene before too many times. Ooh, mm. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Just like the fantasy bunch of references from sci-fi pulp culture, all in the uh, just in a blender. I think it's the gnomes that really started to bother me. It's just like, Oh, and here's some fantasy gnomes for <laughs> just to prove that Hank is lost in his own head. Like, yeah, you kind of already laid that on really thick. It's, it, it's, it's pretty, um, it, it, like the thing that goes too far to me is nobody, especially nobody born when Hank was born would have any affection for David, the gnome, which that seems mm. to be a reference to. What uh, a fucking yeah. terrible oh, I did, cartoon. I didn't read those as David, the gnomes. I just uh, thought they were little dwarfs, oh, little dwarf huh. mans. But I, I, I would agree that Hank doesn't have like a fantasy connection. Like I don't think he'd be into little dwarf men or David yeah. the gnome. Yeah. The uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, I agree that this, and I think it's also a cutting room thing because they were trying to contrast this with a Dermot fantasy. Yeah. That's going to happen. That got cut. Would just be mm-hmm. violence. Yeah. Yeah. So like the idea of like I could see this working. Uh, Hank's you know ridiculously over the top action pulp thing and then Dermot's like doom 
yeah you know doom guy style slaughtering these guys <laughs> uh would kind of work but in but, the end it's cute it's fine really what i hate though is the pp belt yeah don't care for that it, one bit <laughs> it's really artificial uh it's really contrived um so it's just uh, you know nobody is somebody might be listening to this as service i don't care uh there's this little bit as they're watching this this thing happen um, where McManus gets upset because she, the he, 464 has PP on his belt. Uh, and they think, the boys just think it's a, a joke. Yeah. Uh, and it's played as such. It turns out this is a P and letter P and a letter P uh, stands for the Peril Partnership. That's going to be the whole plot. Yeah. Which you would never say that PP on your belt. Yeah. Why do you have PP on your belt? And also, maybe if the Perilous Partnership did anything in these eight episodes i would yeah. feel less iffy about this but it you know, the perilous partnership is just like a go nowhere plot like even worse than the osi stuff in season four yeah it, it doesn't really do anything you would say like why do you have that emblem on your pants yeah. on your belt why do you have that symbol like, you would never call it pp no <laughs> yeah you know it's it's real it's real sitcommy. It feels it feels very artificial sitcom-y. artificially like, sitcommy. Very very much so. Um, I do like the uh, them trying to guess what counts as second base for a dude. <laughs> uh you know <laughs> yeah like what what action on a dude is second base i got no i got no reckon yeah i don't know i don't know what a, a second second base is for a dude i mean i guess like just touching but, the chest but touch but maybe. maybe but then like what happens when we touch a lady butt what base is that like two and a half Mm, I know? think the base system might be arbitrary. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think, <laughs> I, 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 I think, think a juvenile I, view I, of sex. I think it's outmoded. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Huh. It's also, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take into account advanced, really good bases like seventh or eighth base. Eighth base. <laughs> yeah. Like, take, baseball <laughs> does not contain sex. Very well. <laughs> like, you're not lived until you've gotten a ninth base. <laughs> it takes some getting used to, but yeah. it, it's real good. Mm, Cut so, a pot. Got a pop fly yeah. last night. Yeah. Yeah. I got a foul ball, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, Gary, I think it was you. I think this is from the Descent episode of Unfilmable. You made a metaphor about it's as if somebody hit a home run and got a hit a home run in a different stadium. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot <laughs> and what it would take for that situation to actually play out. The, it's the a lot, I- Gary. I wish I had thought that a better uh, or a more plausible metaphor would be rolling a bowling ball and hitting a strike in a separate lane. Yeah, yeah, you landed there, but the baseball <laughs> metaphor is captivating. Yeah. <laughs> it requires a very strong baseballman. Uh, you can almost do it in Super Baseball 2020. Mm. Ooh. Uh, you, can, you can go real far in that. So, because you're a robot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, we cut back to the uh, to the summit. Uh, a hunter is insisting that all mad scientists, whether or not they are officially a part of the guild, should be the guild's responsibility. Doctor Girlfriend makes a pretty good point. They are not angry; they are mentally ill. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know there there's the, it's not as simple as Hunter is making it sound. Yes, uh, and then Hunter says, "Yeah, but they're not a good guy." And this is apparently terminology. This is also the first time this has ever come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ram Mandel's like, oh, good guy, are really saying things like that. The, like, like previously, like it came up, like uh, somebody said good, good guys and bad guys, and said, whoa, 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 we call it protagonist, antagonist. That was like a, yeah. 
That that was like a House of the Mummies kind of thing. Yeah. But it was never. Uh, I mean, it is like, in a legal negotiation. Yeah. Where I can I guess, see yeah, that it, it can. The room's a little hotter on that topic in this yeah. particular instance. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they continue fighting. Uh, I love shore leave is mad dog at him, uh, here. And I just love him doing it. He's like, why are you he's staring me down? You know, he's like, no, I'm <laughs> smizing at you. Smizing tie tie style. Uh, have, so good. Have, God, I love shore leave. Have you, have oh. you, have you seen videos or photos of somebody like of, of specifically Tyra Banks smizing or anybody doing it? It's the most psychotic thing. If somebody <laughs> did that to me, in, if somebody did that to me in real life, I would call a doctor on them. I believe Tyra Banks once pretended to have rabies on her talk show. <laughs> no. <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> if I'm remembering the correct person. Uh-huh. Tyra Banks rabies. It doesn't autocomplete. Okay. <laughs> Remember when? Wait, wait. Yashar Ali on Twitter. Remember when Tyra Banks uh, told her studio audience she was feeling under the weather because she'd been by a dog and then pretended to perceive she had rabies. <laughs> huh. That video, if you can find it, is uh, it's worth I'm watching a look. right now. She she spits up a bunch of foam. <laughs> wow, uh, you, you know there, there there's there are split opinions on the McElroy's uh, surrounding this uh, this network. Not gonna uh, dive into that. One of my favorite of their earlier projects was Justin and his wife Sydney. Uh, they uh, on their show about television where they had talked about Model Land a lot, or they had talked about um, uh, Tyra Banks stuff a lot. They did like. Like a like a read uh, like a read through of Tyra Banks's uh, books Model Land. Oh no! Okay, uh, and it is some of the most unhinged stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a uh, wow. Yeah, I uh, I had no idea about this. I my ex wife used to watch Tyra Banks, so I did not know about the rabies thing, but I had seen Smizing, and I was familiar with the concept concept of Tyra Mail, like. In the reality show of the the Tyra Banks show, uh, you live in a dorm, and then you get a letter from Tyra Banks every once in a while that's called Tyra Mail, and everyone goes absolutely apeshit. It's like, (laughs) I'm sure the PAs are just like, you're a kid on Christmas, and you just got 10 Nintendo 64s. Uh, Like, everyone's like, Tyra Mail! It's a little bit like they're freaking out over Ohungi. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just like losing it. Uh, it's, it's very funny to, uh, to see. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but yes, it is. A, it is a very funny poll here. Uh, so Dean is trying to get red helper out of his, uh, bubble saying like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, the, you just, yeah. you know, you don't need to lock yourself away from the world to what? Like we, we don't, I mean, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to, to Dean and yeah. to the writers, right? Like mm-hmm. what is he having him go out in the woods to do? Yeah. He lives with, with Ben. It's not like he's you know, living alone or anything Mm -hmm. like you need to get out there and walk it through abandoned woods. Maybe, you know, I, I, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. uh, Um, but, uh, red helper is a, you know, terrified that he's going to be stoned to death for, by religious fundamentalists for not being mentioned in their books. Yeah. Which is, which is cute. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a funny line. It just, I don't know what Dean's end game is here. Yeah. You know, uh, we go back to the jacket pile where McManus is getting dressed, uh, you know, just uh, being being real mean. She's like, you're being so cold about this uh, to 464, who says his amygdala has been rerouted through his cerebral cortex. He can't not be uh, cold. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you ruined everything with your PP belt. She keeps calling it a PP belt because of contrivances. Yeah. Uh, here. 
Um, and Dur- Dermot, you know, they're, they're talking about this, uh, he's like, oh, you know, I, uh, I don't know why this is such a big deal. Like she can't understand how complicated her plumbing is, mm-hmm. uh, down there. Uh, this thing also felt a little bit like Doc Hammer telling on himself. Uh, yeah. You know, I just, was, if, if he you pisses everywhere, yeah, I think we have evidence that he just pees everywhere <laughs> and talks about in commentaries all the time, just like uh-huh. constantly pissing the bed, pissing, <laughs> pissing sinks, you know, pissing the sinks at parties. <laughs> Still can't get over it. Yeah. Insisting that helpers a microwave. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you you cannot get piss on your belt. Yeah, you know, it's pretty, pretty easy. Dab, <laughs> dab, <laughs> you know, dab, dab on them, huh? Yeah. Dab, you know, <laughs> you know, dab. You should dab. <laughs> you know. Oh man, that just sh- shaking ain't enough. Um, yeah. yeah, and Hank's, you know, Hank says, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> what if you were sliding into third base and it was all hosed down? Yeah, no good. Uh, Hank says we're gonna they're gonna deal with that the way that they did back in the day uh, by tattling. So they're yeah. gonna tell people. Yeah. Um, back at the cabin, uh, Red Helper help thanks Dean for trying to help him, but basically he's like, no, no, you know, I'm an abomination, but you know, in a good way. Uh, I don't have to think about souls or where we'll go when when I die. <laughs> when I go and I'll die. This doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Dean is disappointed. He's like, oh, you you've given up. Yeah. On this. Uh, and he counters like, no, I'm liberated. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have anything to die for. I just enjoy my time here with Ben. Mm-hmm. We have Netflix, Skins. Have you seen Skins? <laughs> what Skins? I, uh, <laughs> I I've never seen Skins. He describes it as a show where uh, uh, pe- pe- people pretending to be British kids do drugs and have sex. <laughs> Gwen, do you know Skins? Um, do you guys know the co-creator of Skins? Sometimes hangs out in the Slack. Yes, I did what? know that. I forgot about that. Yeah, Shout out oh, to no. Jamie. Jamie, I I knew that Jamie uh, created a show. I forgot it was Skins. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel bad. When he was a scene. Oh, I don't feel too bad. Like you can't watch every show. I suppose uh, you know, you know. But that's all. Yeah. Shout out to Jamie. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that. My, oh. I have never actually. I, you know, I watched a little when I was a teen, and I would just you know pop on BBCA and see what's on there, but. Mm-hmm. Never really got into it. My my bandmates have been watching it, and they tell me there's an episode where Napalm Death shows up. So huh. that's Ooh. pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Jamie Britton. Nice. Uh, wow. Yeah, I I, I get a, a special little thrill when a real famous uh, enjoys our stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just you know the, the middle class internet Jamie. creatives. You know who just uh, has lower middle class internet creatives. Yeah, uh, can sometimes attract people in the real industries yeah rad but anyway it's a very cute little moment just uh, some <laughs> random tv show that uh help red helper got really interested in yep yeah. <laughs> that's very that's awesome and he says, i love at the end where he's leaving like promise me you'll give skins a chance <laughs> uh, that's so much yeah well <laughs> also like the little bit like you know as as red helper is describing his contentment right you know just i, I really enjoy my situation here you know i've got i've got skins i've got ben you know it's incredible and dean's like really like well incredible is probably overselling it but you know skins is pretty good <laughs> yeah very very cute it's also like a fill of philosophy i'm pretty sympathetic to oh yeah uh, you know like tightening your scale tightening your scope is a good recipe for happiness yeah you know in in a lot of ways um the uh something i remember is from a, a tim heidecker office hours thing mm-hmm. where some chud 
uh, called and was like just going on about right wing chud shit, you know, yeah. uh, great replacement, all this stuff. And Tim basically was like, you need to tighten your scope, like mm-hmm. find something you like to do, find friends, find, you know, a girl who likes you or a guy who likes you or anybody who likes you, like start worrying about yourself a little bit. Mm hmm. And like, I think that, you know, you don't want to be an ostrich with your head in the sand about bigger things, but also like that is a tried and true recipe for happiness, like work from the ground up, Yeah, you know, uh, and that, and that goes all the way down. Like you're going through something rough, make sure you're drinking water, Mm -hmm. eat a vegetable, move around like that will help, Yeah, you know, and then make sure you're happy, like have people around who, who love you, support system, all things like that. And then start worrying about you know, the fact that the Supreme court is full of monsters right now, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta go from the bottom up. Yeah. It's a, you know, did like the red helper deciding to be content, you know, mm-hmm. is really resonant. It, just a you know, second Kurt Vonnegut poll. Uh, but, um, you know, just, uh, that quote that I like sometimes just have written on like whiteboards, which is mm-hmm. if this isn't good, what is, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it's very wise. Yeah. You know? Uh, Hulu has that uh, documentary now about Kurvanaget, which I'm not going to watch because I know it's going to make me cry. Yep, uh, uh, yeah, it looks real good. It's it, <laughs> it's like it's like when I made the uh, uh, I made the mistake of watching "Won't You Be My Neighbor" on a plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that movie is quarantined away from me forever. I can't. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a very sweet movie. <laughs> Uh, just in, I guess, you know, while things are getting biffed as Dean walks away, uh, says by the model, uh, helper model two, helper model two says goodbye, rusty venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dean is like, Oh, you thought I was. So the, the actual, the canonical from the creators and everybody else in the world, but me thought this was obvious and I'll take the L on this. Mm-hmm. If I have to, uh, they're like, Oh, this is implying rusty was a clone as well. Yeah. And I, I accept that as fact. The, the time I saw this, I really thought this was implying that Dean was a clone of Rusty. Yeah. Like, because mm. that would make a lot more sense for him just calling him Rusty. Mm-hmm. They could like have that. gone that way if they had ever followed this up. But I really think it's just a thematic note. Like, oh, you want to know the ultimate thing? Rusty didn't even, wasn't even the first guy to clone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, that's I, the I ultimate lie. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not only did he not do it, but also you have a lot more in common with your father than you thought. This existential crisis that you've had that started with the Halloween episode and is getting buttoned up here mm-hmm. is something you share with your father. Yes. It's not something he did to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's very emotionally resonant. The way that they reveal it, I find a little confusing Yeah, uh, to me. I, I, so I, it, I, I, I thought it was fine. It just did putting it out for me. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it made you thought when and i'm not saying this in a challenging way i'm just legitimately asking like when you first saw the line you're like oh that's implying rusty was also a clone yes i, I was okay. it, yeah and that lined up for me uh because rusty never invented anything like yes. <laughs> of course you know like that he wouldn't be capable of making cloning all and, of that and, infrastructure was just brought up you know like well i mean earlier in the season when when jo- when jonas's plan was you know just uh we'll put my brain in uh in uh venturian um in vendata until we can get the clone farm up and running like oh yeah jonas knew about the clone farm he invented it he ran it he knew it and <laughs> well, that, that part doesn't feel like a reveal to me like I, yeah. I get that part i just mean like why would red helper think this is rusty rusty yeah if no, it, not like that he would be a clone of rusty like yeah. why would he assume he, this is rusty yeah don't know that it, part doesn't make any sense to me there yeah. was also the like old 
conspiracy theory, fan theory at the when the show was first airing that uh, Dean was a clone of Rusty, Hank was a clone of Brock, and that doesn't pan out. I don't even know yeah. if the creators ever thought that that was true. Yeah. Um, but that that's mainly why I don't I couldn't I could never think that way that you thought, Gary, is like they had already that had already kind of been thought and uh, disproven Dismissed. by the creators. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like it's not it to me did not feel like the clearest way to reveal this information. Oh, yeah. absolutely not. Gary or to Dean. Yeah. Like I would think if Dean heard this, like, oh, he's calling me rusty. I would think even if Dean was wrong, he would be like, oh, shit, does he think I'm a clone of my dad? Yeah. And also, wouldn't oh, Rusty have known about Helper? You would think so. Like Red yeah. Helper. Like it's just it's 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 weird. It, this is a sloppily plotted episode, despite yeah. things that happen in it are good. But like, yeah, it doesn't like that doesn't totally line up uh in that way. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I don't know. Uh I'm fine with it as as the text. Like what mm-hmm. actually happens is fine. Yeah. But I also think it's really cool that. I mean, not cool. I am absolutely cool with it not being followed up on because I think it's more of a thematic point than a plot reveal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly, you know, uh, it's, it's the, it doesn't have to be, you know, the weird theme of recording day. It doesn't have to be true to be good. Like Mm -hmm. it it, it doesn't have to make perfect logical sense to still be worthwhile. Uh, It just ends up real. The, the leap that Dean makes for the emotional moment that I really like, feels a little unearned to me. Yeah personally yeah. so not even unearned unlike setup yeah the math isn't there yeah so. it's it's one of those things that like makes sense for at first as presented at least it did for me and then it falls apart when you think okay how does the time scale in red helper's mind work where he thinks that rusty would be a teenage kid yeah, yeah like does he not know that time passes yeah, yeah of course he does he watches skins time he he does netflix like you can't participate in a season of a show without understanding time yeah you know no clue so and he's he's also very clearly intelligent Mm -hmm. you know he's not an idiot he's not like a a semi-sentient thing like he would know yeah so just want to be be the the devil on or the angel on doc's shoulder during the season yeah and just with a red pen (laughs) like just uh, again, it kind of seems like something that would have been caught in script review, but I don't think they were reviewing each other's scripts at this point. No nope. season you know? seven is definitely like this shows the heights and lows of season seven. I think yeah. this episode yeah. specifically, and th- you know, I think probably around season five is when you start really feeling the wear and tear of them only having two writers. Yeah. Yes. But like by now they're clearly burning out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is very good that it makes me think that maybe like there are a great many things I like in season seven. If they knew they weren't going to get a season eight, mm-hmm. I almost feel like they could have done uh, any of the wrap up stuff they're going to do mm-hmm. in, in the movie. Just do it in season seven. Yeah, yeah no, like, there's you know, this would have been a very different season if they had known like, oh, this is the last one. But yeah, oh, well. It, they didn't have to send those those threads forward because you can tell, you know, on this commentaries they keep talking about season eight and stuff. I think that. I think you're right, Gwen, that this is a thematic reveal rather than a plot one. Mm-hmm. I also think they would have done things with it. Yeah. Like Rusty would have found out mm-hmm. in season eight, you know, that he was a clone. Like they would have, they wouldn't have left this on the table yeah. Oh yeah, as a thing. I don't think yep. um, they're, they're, they're creating detail to mine from in the future, which is like their move. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the summit um, where things are kind of in this awkward calm point. Everybody is kind of sitting there seething. Uh, talks have entirely broken down. They're at an impasse. Basically, both of them think that they all overreact to everything. There's just no 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 sense in even uh and even and even engaging further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Rusty puts his foot down. You know, I get it. I understand why, you know, you had these pool fights. It's because you're children. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jonas was a shitty dad. Uh, you know, he, I don't, you're not going to get fairness. Mm-hmm. Like this is about compromise. Like you're not going to get everything. You might get something. And, and then you can you go know? back and brag about how much you got. Like yeah, for it's your a, people, it's a very real politic kind of, uh, kind of approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it all works for them. Uh, you know, the next morning, uh, they're starting, everyone's starting to leave. Everyone walks by, uh, congratulating Rusty. Yeah. Uh, I really love that. You know, just handling his diplomacy. Uh, Hunter congratulates Dermot on, uh, bringing this PP business mm-hmm. to things. So we're, we're not going to see the OSI do anything about this, but the OSI does know. Yes. You know. Um, and, um, Rusty spots Dean and is trying to brag to his son, like, Hey, you need to see how well I did. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love that. You know, where he's like, I missed it, but I did learn how similar we are and that your dad might've been a worse father than you are. Uh, and since I was the theme of the end of his speech, he's like, I thought you said you missed it. You know? uh, uh, and then Dean tells him he loves him and I love you, pop. Uh, yeah. has that, I mean, check, check with both of you. Have, has that happened? Has have the kids told their dad they love him? Hmm. Uh, no, I do not. I, do not, yeah. I maybe in the first two seasons in the innocence era. Yeah, but I don't think post like post awake Dean and Hank post season three. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. It's a cool direction. Mm-hmm. from the, like dean kind of getting rusty like i'm very in the pocket for things that don't just make rusty an absolute shitbag failure yeah you know i like i like the the silver lining on the dark cloud with rusty and this this is a nice nod in that direction to me yeah yeah uh this is and then he says why are you wearing sweatpants uh that's the button uh yeah. and because it's a doc hammer episode in season six and seven the post credits thing will not be a joke no, instead uh, it's going it's just to be ad- calling forward to plot shit. <laughs> it's going to advance the plot. This is this is where we learn through Doctor Mrs. the Monarch uh, correcting Phantom Limb uh, that uh, the PP is not urine. It is in fact um, it it is uh, the Peril Partnership. Yeah, uh, and should have been you know I and a thing I'm I don't like it in things where characters criticize the work they're in. Yeah, uh, that's what's happening here. Doctor Mrs. the Monarch is like, why do you think she would be so upset about just? you're in mm-hmm. idiot and but it's like everyone's an idiot like mm-hmm. everyone is being stupid and the the joke of the episode is that the audience would take that yeah you know uh forward which is irritating to me mm-hmm. uh so good good stuff happens yeah. uh in it there, there are a, a good number of moments i think are really good and funny i really like the uh summit um i like the uh the guild representatives and the osi representatives yeah if i'm gonna I'm just going to take a, what do you call it, a scalpel to this episode. I'm just going to take the summit parts right out. I'm just going to mm-hmm. smash them together. Get a mini-sode out of it. It's wonderful. Yeah, yep. uh, <laughs> a different B-plot. We did also, you know um, we steamrolled over a really good Dragoon joke. When they're doing the roll call, they're listing everyone's greatest accomplishments. And for mm-hmm. Dragoon, they list him as the uh, executioner oversitting the execution of the Iron Infidels. Ooh. And he just goes, hmm, 
I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a genius move to have uh, Dragoon uh, start going senile faster than Red Dragon. It's, it is. Like when, when he comes out and they're congratulating Rusty, he's asleep. <laughs> it's like sweet old man stuff. Yeah. Uh, no. um, I, I, no. Also, quick note uh, according to TV Tropes' heartwarming page for the Venture Brothers, the I Love You Pop is, in fact, the first time we hear an I Love You from Dean to Rusty. Okay. Oh, nice. I've got, I've know. got, I've got no reason to, uh, to distrust it. Yeah. I just, uh, everything kind of leads up to that moment for me is the, is the moment of understanding like mm-hmm. that, that line, like, you know, where Dean kind of, you know, summarizes the similarities between the, you know, the relationships between these fathers and sons and Rusty's misunderstanding, you know, like just like those little like resonances between, between those two plot lines and just the, the, the sweet, mm-hmm. what's that? There's just, I'm just noticing, is there even a reason for Dean and Hank to be here? Why did they come? Yeah, why did they come to the summit? Yeah, probably. Just like, oh, we're going back home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They didn't Uh, stress that enough. Yeah. Uh, Contrivance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a contrived episode. There we go. Yeah, but that, yeah. but but the I love you, Pop. I I don't know. Like they're just uh for all of the slop and the uh, uh kind of scatteredness of the episode, um, and some of the you know just like the, yes, we are relying a lot on Reese Darby's uh, um, uh, you know, charmingness and the, mm-hmm. the the phrasing and all of that. Uh, for all of that, the uh, the emotional core there at the very end that uh that 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 hits pretty pretty well for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. Like they didn't get to it the way I wanted them to. You know, but it's a, it's a great moment and it was a crime. It's the best kind of crime where it's just, they're just trying to do too much. Yeah. You know, I get that and mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, but it is, uh, it is kind of, you know, the season is in a real meander Yeah, and we're going to continue. We got that, uh, you know, as Gwen, as you mentioned, the peril partnership storyline, which does not really go anywhere. Uh, and then the end of this, which is like the, the tenning or whatever, uh, yeah. which is a big bummer to me. I, I hate that season finale. Mm-hmm. I, I was in bed thinking about uh, the show and uh, season finales. There's nothing I think uh, on retrospection. If I take fully like jokes, but then also heart and kind of like emotional resonance, I don't think the show gets better than operation prom. Yeah. And I think you can make an argument that it gets just kind of like, there are a lot of episodes after that are really cool. I love the, season six i love the new york era but it does really kind of spin its wheels after that yeah that ending is so sweet and perfect characters all come to like really really well-earned emotional uh climaxes and then it just kind of keeps going yeah you know so i was trying to remember if there's an episode i think is like a capital g good episode after this and there is one it's the terminus mandate which gary you know the one which uh, i don't know by the title the arching uh, episode. The, oh, that, that, yeah. that's real good. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's like the best episode that you have left. The, I like that. I like Unicorn Activity a lot. Um, I like the uh, I like uh, Monarch doing the big villains program for St. Cloud. I think there's a lot of good oh, jokes. Oh, yeah, that's the next episode. Oh, that is a fun yeah. episode. That's yeah. a fun episode. There's that's the, like, like the funniest late game episode, probably. Yeah. Uh, just, it smells like pineapple. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but like, they're not connected. They're not adding. It's just kind of a second King of the Hill reference. There's a, you know, the, there was the last episode of King of the Hill that aired on Fox 
uh, that was like they realized, OK, well, this is going to be the the finale. There are episodes that come after it uh, that mm-hmm. if you're watching them in order comes after this very sweet moment where Bobby and Hank have a lot of, uh, you know, they realize they've got so much in common with the appreciation of of meat with of beef. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get like this, uh, you know, a shot that mirrors a shot at the end that mirrors the very opening shot, uh, uh, you know, uh, of the entire town of Arlen. And then you get like the episode where uh, the principal uh, gets fired and has to move in with Bill. You get uh, the episode where we're co- <laughs> oh, co- God. Yeah. You get the episode where uh, we're con. It's revealed that he's bipolar. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, actually it's, that's not a bad episode, but it shouldn't be after that. No, episode. no. It's, it's just a bunch of odds and sods and that's an like it, it it sticks out in a series that doesn't have any um that doesn't have any uh actual like continuity like there's no reason for them to you know for for you to think oh just anything is out of order it's fine whatever it sticks out there it's kind of the same effect here in season seven mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's I, I i tend not to be very sympathetic to the like just kill it thing with tv shows yeah, you know, but I do like an ending. I do like something going out on its own terms, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, you know, I do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just throw away seasons five, six, and seven because there's a lot of great moments in those things. Yeah, but it does feel like, uh, you know, I think. I think Gwen. I think you're onto it. Where like another writer would have brought in a lot of fresh yeah. feeling to it, and I understand why they didn't. I get it. Yeah, you know, and I'm grateful for what I have. Yes, but yeah, skins, <laughs> skins, uh, skins. <laughs> Promise me you'll give skins a go. Uh, Gwen, where can people find you online? Uh, the Slack. Definitely the Slack. Around Duck Feed in adjacent. If you whisper my name three times in the Slack, I'll show up in a room. Um, other than that, I'm in a band, uh, Trash Town Conglomerate. We're about to drop a new single. I know. Mm. So we're, I'm just on the, good. I'm on the media circuit. Just dropping by the Duck Feed, the major listenership here. Uh, I know you guys controlled about 40% of the alternate youth market here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, these two middle-aged men have their finger on the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, no. Otherwise, I'm just doing whatever I do. You'll see me somewhere. Nice. Uh, people should check out that single. It's good. Uh, Early reviews are so very summer. popular. Thank right? you. Yes, yeah. so over summer. Uh, which, uh, you know, let me just give me, give you a quick note. The I saw a Vox headline today that said this might be the coolest summer of the rest of your life. And uh, just think about that going into the song. That was yeah. the uh, there was a Simpsons joke about that where Bart's like, this is the hottest summer ever. And Homer's like, correction, it's the coldest summer for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is bleak. Uh, yeah, it's all very bleak. But uh, worry about skins if that will help your mental health. Yes. Yeah. You know, promise so, us that yeah. you'll check out skins. <laughs> uh yeah uh and until next time oh you know you know all the stuff to do with frost we're patreon.com yeah. slash tv uh until next time go, go team, team adventure, adventure.